As we approach Memorial Day, let's take a moment to remember and honor the brave men and women who have served our country. And what better way to do that than with a cozy Minky Couture blanket? Whether you're spending the day at a picnic or just relaxing at home, Minky blankets are the perfect way to stay comfortable and show your patriotic spirit. With a wide range of colors and designs, you can find the perfect blanket to match your style and pay homage to those who have served. So this Memorial Day, make a statement with a Minky Couture blanket. Head to MinkyCouture.com now and find your perfect blanket just in time for the holiday. Happy Memorial Day from Mickey Couture. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast with your host from SteelersDepot.com, where you can find all your latest and greatest Steelers news. It's Dave Bryan and Alex Cazorra, always lit, talking Steelers. And now, here's Dave and Alex. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast, Season 13, Episode 130. He's Dave Bryan. I'm Alex Cazora, SteelersDepot.com. Thanks for being back with us here on this Monday, Steelers Nation. Day Pittsburgh Steelers just wrapped up their three-day rookie minicamp weekend. Now we wait for any uh, sort of signings and the lay of the land there before the team hits the field again for OTAs in just over a week from now. Dave, how you doing? How's your weekend? Uh, it was good. Uh, how much would you pay to see Le'Veon Bell box Vontez perfect? <laughs> I'll, I'll pay as much as I paid for everything Bell boxing so far, which uh, is $0. I'll uh, watch it on Twitter. I would pay, I think I'd pay the seventy nine ninety five or what, whatever it is. Uh, uh, I haven't paid... Uh, maybe I did pay for one of those bell fights. I can't remember. Uh, but- was it definitely perfect? He was talking about because I know Mike Tomlin got so heated when Reggie Nelson took out his leg in that what week seventeen game. Yeah, but didn't Le'Veon Bell come out and say something to the fact that he didn't deem it as a dirty hit? Uh, okay. Uh, I, I think we have a post somewhere in the archives. I think uh, I think even it was linked to maybe in that John uh, uh, Josh post uh, there. Uh, I. It seems like I remember that that Elite, I mean, obviously his mind could have changed, but uh, uh, I I seem to remember that he said something to the to, to the effect that he didn't he didn't view that as dirty or blame okay. uh, Reggie Nelson uh, for that. Uh, but you, you uh, give the context for those that don't know what we're talking about. What's the context with what Le'Veon Bell said last? Yeah, night? he was evidently on on a boxing show, and you know they they asked in so many words, "Is there anybody you?" kind of like to get into the ring with and uh he said well not really so much in the boxing you know anybody you'd like to to whoop up on and you know he didn't come out and say Vontez perfect but he said you know uh football player you know try try to purpose purposefully injure him injure me and Steeler fans will know who exactly who I'm talking about well uh you know it, it's, it's, I there's I don't think it you have to be a rocket surgeon to kind of figure that one out. You know, per, you know, he didn't come out and say perfect, but I, I think I took it as him, him meaning perfect. And, and that play back in, what was it? 15, 14 or 15, 2014, 15, where along the sideline and, uh, you know, it's kind of one of the, I, I guess it ended up be going back and watch it again, almost like one of those hip drop tackles, wasn't it? Where yeah, it kinda, that's a good point. Kind of got him from behind and, and 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 pulled him down that way, and the 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 knee got trapped, and uh, and once again it was on the sideline there, and I think 
someone came in and hit him on, on, you know, at the same time that happened there. But, uh, anyway, it made for an interesting near midnight, uh, social media post that Le'Veon Bell floated out there. So, uh, it, Look, uh, a perfect. There's probably a lot of, a lot of players on the Steelers that would like to, <laughs> uh, ex Steelers that would like to get in the ring with Vontez Perfect. Yeah, let me get David DeCastro in there. Remember that goal line play running him into the ground. So yeah, yeah I mean, it makes Ro- sense. Rosie Nix, he tried to kick you know Rosie right. Nix in the head, and you know, I, I bet Vince Williams would like to break off a piece of it as well too. Right. So maybe I would pay if I was, if all those Steelers were getting in the ring against Fontes perfect, but, but yeah, you're probably right. Bell was likely talking about perfect, just given the reputation that perfect has as, you know, at, at the time in his career, the, the league's dirtiest player. So uh, that makes sense. So I, I just want to mention two pieces of news that made me sad that I'm going to vent it out here this weekend. A, my Phoenix Suns getting just mm. destroyed in the playoff game. Monty Williams getting fired. I love Monty Williams. I understand why the firing occurred. And then I, I, you're you're a, you're you're out there in Vegas. So this probably relates to you. Well, Doyle Brunson passing away at uh, I think well over the age of ninety. He was I who have a big poker guy. Don't play really that much anymore. But Doyle Brunson was like one of those dudes that I watched all the time on like you know one a.m. They show poker <laughs> events, yeah. And that was yeah. like my dude. So that was some sad news. Yeah, uh, and it's obviously you know dominating out here in the in uh, on the TV news and uh, obviously in the papers and all like that. He was the face of poker for uh, several years, especially when it was more underground on the late night cable channels and all like that as well too. And yeah, your sons. I was. I think a lot of people don't don't. I, I mean, obviously, I don't pay a lot of attention to to the NBA except around playoff times. But even then, I, I'd, I'd much rather watch the hockey playoffs. But uh, it seems like they the, the reaction to that is they should have kept him as the head coach. Is that the way you feel? It seems mixed. I think the general consensus from Suns fans are we loved Monty. We love what he built, but he couldn't get this team over the hump. And so they're going to look for something else. But Grass is not always greener, and so you wonder about who they're going to go try to replace him with. Well, the grass looks to be green in Pittsburgh uh, uh, this past weekend at the uh, UPMC uh, Rooney Sports Complex, right? And, uh, had the uh, rookie mini camp, and uh, that's now in the books. And boy, a sl- you know, only five uh, first-year players attended that. You know, and one of those being, we'll talk about one of them here in a little bit in, in, in master Teague, but, uh, obviously guys like, you know, they got to change these rules up, right? Guys like Calvin Austin, the third, not able to participate, uh, in that it ought to be something along the lines of, uh, any player that, uh, has not been active for a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, make it something like, I don't know, six or something like that. If you have been active for more than six games or something like that, then you can't participate in it. But uh, uh, the rules, you know, are the rules right now. And and, and that kind of stuff prevented guys from Calvin Austin, the third, who, who probably really could have benefited uh, from that weekend there to kind of get a jump start on OTAs and all like that uh, th- this offseason due to his knee injury there. But yeah, only five first year players were, uh, were evidently I- I- in attendance uh, for that because of uh, the NFL rules. Those players, by the way, were uh, Scott Nelson, 
who obviously was on the practice squad last year. Uh, Chris Wilcox, a, 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 a cornerback, Master Teague, William Dunkel, who was on the uh, practice squad last year, a guard, and Rodney Williams, a tight end, uh, that, that, that long tight end kind of thin frame out of UT Mm -hmm. Martin. And I think he was on the practice squad for a little bit last year. And the rest were obviously uh, the draft picks, the uh, undrafted players, and man, a slew of tryout players. 33 tryout guys, which is a pretty high number. Usually it's about 20 to 25, but with the smaller undrafted class, and you're right, only a couple first-year players, it really was the tryout guys that made the bulk uh, of this rookie minicamp weekend. Before we talk about those guys and one potential signing, let's talk about some other signings, things that we know for sure have occurred in terms of a couple draft picks, several draft picks signing in, what, seventh-round pick Corey Trice Jr., seventh-round pick offensive lineman Spencer Anderson, what, Darnell Washington, Nick Herbig. I believe that's that's, that's everybody it. that signed a contract, right? So those four names uh, have all inked officially their rookie deals. Yes, and six of the seven announced undrafted free agents obviously have uh, agreed to deal to deals. There was one, uh, the uh, the center out of Iowa State, right? That uh, ended up being a no show for whatever reason. Doesn't you know? Wasn't he the one that was considering going back to farming? Yes, uh, Trevor Downing from Iowa State, there was that. He also dislocated his kneecap in January in the NFLPA uh, bowl game. So I'm guessing there's probably a health component where he just couldn't medically get cleared either. Yeah, uh, and I meant to go back and look at this on the – I don't think he was on the the, uh, official list of signings, though. Uh, I know six of them were because the team announced six of those, right? Right. He was on the agreed to whenever the draft ended, but uh, obviously he never got to the point where he actually signed his contract. Right. Now, I don't know if that means it's still forthcoming. Maybe once he passes a physical or something, maybe it might be related to that. I'm trying to find uh, the date on this real quick. I'm having trouble doing it. But uh, regardless, uh, he's not official while the other six are, I believe. Right. So you got the four draft picks that have signed, which only leaves Broderick Jones, Joey Porter Jr., and Keanu Benton. Benton should be, I think, fairly easy, fairly quickly to to get done. Jones and Porter maybe have a couple more layers to it, but obviously with the rookie slotting under these new CBAs, those deals will get will get done sooner than later. Yeah, here I found the official uh, release from the NFL here, and it shows, yeah, Bird, Morgan, uh, Tanner Morgan, James Naya Moi. Uh, David Perales, Monte Monty Potterbaum, and BT Potter. Uh, those are the guys that are officially signed at this point. And when it comes to, uh, you know, I think they'll obviously, you know, there there are two second rounders there in uh, uh, Joey Porter Jr. and Keanu Benton. Benton's uh, uh, both those guys' contracts are likely. Uh, to include the first two years fully guaranteed in that. So there might be some language uh, things that have to get you know worked out there. I would expect before too long, we'll hear about uh, both those guys signing uh, their rookie deals. And then, you know, we'll, we'll have to see how long it takes with Broderick uh, Jones. It, you know, there's not too much, you know, obviously to, to have to work through because where his slot is, you know, it calls for all four years to be fully guaranteed based on history. And it's not close enough to that, 
uh, 20th or wherever that kind of that, that, that line in the sand is that both sides usually try to push every year. So uh, all these guys will be signed, sealed and delivered should be easily by the time, obviously training camp rolls around. One name who might've been signed along with those draft picks this weekend, and we're waiting for the Steelers to confirm. Hopefully we'll find out more later on Monday is, Rookie running back Alfonso Graham from Morgan State. He tweeted Sunday afternoon that he had signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers. That has not been made official by the team, but right now we'll take his word for it. And so he was a rookie back that rushed for over 1,100 yards last year at Morgan State. And smaller guy, 5'9", buck 80, but apparently impressed enough to give this team additional running back depth throughout the summer. Yeah, and I think Josh Carney has a film room now coming up on him either today or tomorrow. And, uh, you know, had his share of explosive runs. They're more of a scat back, obviously, and uh, can catch the catch the football out of the backfield there. And Mike Tomlin said over the weekend, what was it, uh, Saturday, I think, that, you know, uh, looking to possibly do business with some of these HBCU and XFL guys. So uh, I think today's the 15th. So that today's. After four o'clock today, I think they can sign, you know, guys like Hakeem Butler and all Mm -hmm. that if uh, if they wanted to, right? Yeah. So I assume there'll be more signings following Graham right now. If you include Graham, they're going to be there at 86, which means there's four spots open. A, we'll have to see what happens to Hakeem Butler. Obviously, not part of rookie minicamp. Was that just a plan? Did something change? We'll get our answers hopefully sooner than later. You got a couple other XFL guys in there. I imagine they're going to sign that tackle, Chidi Akoke, unless he really struggled. Throughout rookie minicamp, this team needs an additional, at least one more offensive tackle, probably two, as you've talked about. And he's got some experience and he's got size and length, this team covered. So would not be surprised for him to get signed. Maybe a fourth quarterback, Bryce Perkins being in camp. That would make sense as a veteran-ish, a guy that's been in an NFL game, started an NFL game last year. You know, that'd be a quality number four type of ad so there's a couple names there to watch out for all right uh we should have some more to talk about when it comes to the transaction wire on the next show then yeah hopefully that's uh my expectation of things right now as we approach memorial day let's take a moment to remember and honor the brave men and women who have served our country and what better way to do that than with a cozy minky couture blanket whether you're spending the day at a picnic or just relaxing at home Minky blankets are the perfect way to stay comfortable and show your patriotic spirit. With a wide range of colors and designs, you can find the perfect blanket to match your style and pay homage to those who have served. So this Memorial Day, make a statement with a Minky Couture blanket. Head to MinkyCouture.com now and find your perfect blanket, just in time for the holiday. Happy Memorial Day from Minky Couture. Beyond that, what are your other impressions of rookie minicamp? Obviously, you're not really doing much from an evaluation standpoint. We're not there, obviously. Um, you're just hearing some of these guys talk. Did anything any of the rookies say stick out to you, Dave? Uh, not not overly, and, and obviously not not being there and seeing it. I mean, I, I thought Broderick Jones said all the right things uh, during his media session. That look, I, you know, I, I'm not worried about you know the starting left tackle job as much as I am just getting better every day. And I'm paraphrasing. Uh, there, uh, you know, Darnell Washington is good to hear him talk about, uh, you know, how, you know, he's just, he just concentrating on, you know, doing what they ask him to do. And if that means being, you know, a pass catcher, that's what he'll do. But he knows that, uh, in so many words that, 
you know, he's, he's, he's being brought into block too. So, uh, uh, not too much. I think Spencer Anderson, I think there's an article from Teresa Varley, uh, up on Steelers.com this morning. Uh, some of the quotes that he had and, you know, just, uh, uh, reemphasizing that, you know, the conversations that he had with the Steelers, I, you know, I guess pretty much on draft night, there was the fact, you know, uh, they really liked his versatility. And this is a guy that once again, I mean, you go back over what the five seasons and he didn't play much. I don't think that first season there, but uh, even so, I mean, he's logged snaps at all five positions along the offensive line while at Maryland. I'm looking at the list I cobbled up from uh, pro football focus, 29 snaps at left tackle, 43 at left guard, 381 at center. 819 at right guard and 1,098 at right tackle for uh, Spencer Anderson during his uh, college career at Maryland. Yeah, whenever, because I know the Steelers Instagram account a week or so ago, they did, they still have never released the Mike Tomlin, Omar Khan draft calls from their end of things, but they released them from the player side of things. And you could hear on the Anderson call when Mike Tomlin spoke with him, the first thing or one of the first things he said to him was, we love your versatility, bring that can do attitude to us because we're going to utilize that. And I don't know how much of that happened in rookie minicamp, probably not a lot because you're trying to build a foundational level of guys getting used to one spot and how the power practices work and, you know, how these things get run. But He's a guy that this team is going to rely on and ask to, to move around quite a bit. When I watched this guy on tape, and you mentioned this as well, I thought he had really good feet, really mm-hmm. quick feet to change directions, to mirror, to redirect. And, and although he lacks that ideal length to play tackle, I think he probably could if you had to in a backup emergency type situation because this guy's got really good feet to stay square and stay in front and pass pro. Kind of a, uh, I, I, I was thinking about this the other night, kind of a uh, uh, Chris Hubbard with better feet. Yeah, I like that because Hubbard wasn't the biggest guy and he wasn't the most punishing run blocker, but he was, you know, fairly athletic, I guess, and obviously could play the entire you know front five. And, you know, it's way too early to kind of project what this means. You know, we have to have to obviously put our own eyes on him. He's going to have to stay healthy. And uh, I think he talked about his IQ uh, over the weekend. And uh, look, if you can if you can somehow get this guy to stick, uh, may, maybe not necessarily even this year, but uh, next year to have that uber uh, versatile guy. I mean, that can make a difference in, in roster construction by one. You know, sure. I mean, the guys he's competing with really don't have that hyper versatility. I mean, Kendrick Green, not to that degree. We know him at guard is really not practical. Kevin Dotson has just been a guard throughout his career. Ryan McCollum has a bit more at center and he's got a guard background more in college, but nobody really has that five spot flexibility that Anderson brings that he'll be you know, fighting for a spot with this summer, and that's going to give him an advantage. Right. Uh, and, yeah, uh, going to be interesting to watch his progress the uh, the rest of the way. And I believe uh, Josh just mentioned that Graham Film Room is going to go up here in just a little bit. So probably by the time people are listening to this, the Alfonso Graham uh, report goes up. And, again, we assume that he's been signed, uh, not not official by the team, but hopefully that news will come in uh, later today. So any other impressions of rookie minicamp? I'm trying to think about mine in terms of what I – you know, heard I, I liked your um, I was kind of following along with you on your Twitter account, Dave, and just watching, you know, in drills, Joey Porter Jr. And then Corey Trice Jr., you know, 
just glued to the hip back to back in in drills and yeah they got similar makeup similar body types and they're kind of fun to watch you know run around yeah it's another thing that's uh way too early to kind of speculate but man what what you know you can't help but think what if those guys can become your outside guys for the next three and a half years you know uh uh big physical you know long uh uh corners like that i mean you obviously have uh patrick peterson in the fold right now and we'll see how how long that lasts and but uh just you know to to think that there's a possibility that maybe you've got you you were able to come away with from this draft with a you know some future starting corners for the next once again, you know, two and a half, three and a half, whatever, you know, years uh, is exciting. And you look at those two side by side and the way they move, almost like twins, <laughs> uh, you know, especially the way they're kind of build is uh, there overall. So, and I think Trice uh, kind of made it clear over the weekend that he's got a chip on his shoulder and, you know, obviously Joey Porter's got a big, Joey Porter Jr. has got a big one uh, uh, on his shoulder right now. Uh, at, you know, it's projected to be uh, obviously a first-round draft pick and slide into the to the uh, top of the second round there. And uh, didn't Omar Khan say in so many words that they had what about a dozen people calling for that spot at thirty-two? Yeah, he had said eight to nine. And so I know we've kind of mentioned this quite a bit, but the story we kind of get more details each time Khan talks to somebody. So. Tons of calls for that pick at 32, and Khan said, we probably would have traded that pick at Porter not been there, and because he was there, did not want to potentially risk losing him, and so that's why they stayed at 32, which tells you how much they like this guy, and probably means they probably would have taken him at 17 had they not moved up if they liked the guy that much, but um, that's how it all played out on Friday night. I guess something else kind of talk about coming out of uh, rookie mini camp. And I, I, you know, we, we hit on this just uh, uh, earlier in the show and, you know, I wrote about it a couple of days ago, there, kind of staring at that uh, mini camp roster. There is uh, master Teague, you know, uh, uh, it, it will we'll obviously see how some of this post roster shuffling goes now that, uh, man, or now that the uh, rookie mini camp is over, but I mean, there's no really, uh, even with, uh, the, the adding Graham that he's a different body type, different kind of back. So I wouldn't think that he would be one that would threaten master Teague's roster spot. So assuming, uh, master Teague, you know, makes it to the to the next stage, which, which is obviously OTAs and, you know, kind of looking back at what happened uh, last off season with him. He was brought in right after I think the start of training camp and kind of hit the ground running, if you will. And uh, you fast forward into that first preseason game. I think he had something like uh, uh, 10, 10 carries like 33 yards and a long of, I don't know, what was it? Eight or something. I think the most glaring thing looking back at that game book specifically from that uh, preseason game uh, that was against the Seahawks, I think was the fact that he didn't play on, on special teams. We, we probably talked about that at, at, at the time there, or at least throughout the preseason there. Uh, but upon his arrival, and it, it might've been something to the effect too, that he probably wasn't in town too terribly long, but uh, here's the thing with master Teague and especially with, with it, looking like this team's not going to bring back Benny Snell Jr. Uh, this offseason, you know, 
And Master Teague did out, you know, he did obviously suffer what was it, an ankle injury there after that first preseason game and was waived and then reverted back to IR and then waived from IR with an injury settlement. But he did circle back to the practice squad late in the season there. So they obviously are, were attracted to him in that area or else he wouldn't have circled back like that, I don't think, later on this season. And then they obviously signed him to a futures contract uh, back in, what, January uh, here. Long story short, I mean, it, 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 it really feels at least at this point in the off season that he's got a golden opportunity here, uh, moving forward into the summer. A, if he can stay healthy because he had his share of, uh, uh, kind of injuries there at Ohio state. Uh, so that, you know, you gotta get, you can't make the club in a tub. And then second is, you know, he, he needs to become a, a special teams asset. Uh, you know, ideally a 14s guy, if that's possible, like kind of, you know, Benny Snell was uh, uh, able to do there. But if he can become a two or three teams guy, uh, that will help strengthen. He's got that bigger build. He's more of a, you know, bigger bruising back, you know, uh, 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 you know, t- type of running back there. But it, it just sets up really well for him, I think, overall. And that was the point I was going to try. I was trying to make in the post there that, you know, if he can stay healthy and if he can show anything on special teams uh, moving forward, and if this team doesn't go out and get a more experienced uh, back, you know, he's, he's got a, probably a pretty decent chance of making this 53-man roster uh, closer to September. I'm with you, Dave. That number three running back spot in Pittsburgh is wide open right now, and Teague is built the way that Pittsburgh likes him. He's big, he's strong, he's physical, he's powerful. So to me, the big question is is twofold. A, can he catch a bit and, and block a little bit? And, and B, can he play on special teams, as you mentioned? And you, you just didn't get the exposure to him last year because he got signed and then he had that good first game against Seattle then breaks his ankle probably days later I don't remember the exact timeline but but right around there so never got the chance for him to get more involved in the process and follow up but yeah he's a tough dude I remember when he when he hurt his ankle he tried to keep playing like he was limping obviously the dude could not play and he was still trying to go back to the huddle because he knew you know how much this opportunity meant to him and unfortunately you know his season was was basically cut short from there until he came back late in the season, but yeah, I mean, I mean, if not Teague as a number three, who is your number three running back McFarland, you know, one of these other guys uh, Jason Huntley emerged, I mean, potentially, but I think Teague's got as good shot as anybody right now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you go back to his college days with, 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 with master Teague, he didn't, you know, because of the injuries and because of his progression in, in, into becoming, you know, uh, you know, one of their, I guess, quasi starters. Cause you know, they, they had a couple of guys carrying the football for him back then and all, but uh, I think you got to go back to his first couple of years to really find any special teams activity with him. And I, you know, I think even in, what was it? Uh, 2018 or 17, one, one of those years, I think he had three or four uh, special teams tackles. So it's not, it's not a foreign concept to him at all. It's just, you know, he never really got a chance to kind of refine that and become uh, a special teams demon before he became, you know, more of a guy that, well, you know, we got other guys that can do that. He's going to carry the football. Right. And and Danny Smith still has to sign off on a guy like that in the sense of, you know, proving what he can do at this level. Might have done something in college, but that was years ago. You got to do it at this at this level as well. But the dude looks great. Like he's super rocked up, should be in good shape, should be highly conditioned. You know, getting to be in this rookie mini camp weekend gives him a small leg up to just get reacclimated. Hasn't you know gotten to be on a field in a while, so 
that's going to give him an advantage, a small one, but an advantage over these other guys as well. So that's certainly a name that I'll be watching, you know, fairly closely come the summer. Yeah, uh, me as well. And hopefully he stays on the roster. And hopefully once we get into, uh, you know, obviously you at training camp, and then once the preseason games start, hope, hopefully this is a guy that we're saying, ah, Master Teague, uh, uh, 18 special team snaps, you know, uh, <laughs> right. uh, that kind of thing. And once again, I, you know, I, and I don't remember the reasoning behind it because it felt like he was on the roster long enough at the time, you know, I had to go back and look, you know, were they punting or kick off, you know, what, what the reason was, but uh, I did, I was a bit surprised to look back. I, I guess I just didn't remember that he didn't play any special team snaps in that once, once, uh, one preseason game that he played in last year. All right. How long had he been on the, the camp roster before that game? How long was he even in town? Cause he got signed midway he was through because like he had all the, the injuries there to Snell and, and Najee getting hurt. Right. I think he did. He sign on like the uh, second or third of August, and yeah, the third. And then the first preseason game. When when was that? Uh, Probably a week or so later. Let me pull up the uh, preseason dates on that. Because he got waived on the 18th. It was August 13th, so 10 days after being in Pittsburgh was his first game. Yeah, and that felt enough time to at least get on one or two special teams units, you know? Yeah, that's probably fair. But, I mean, it was a big 90-man roster, and you got other guys that have already been there and, and done stuff since OTA. So it, it's a fair concern, something to watch for. You don't want the Tuzar skipper-itis, where he really, really looked good on his side of the ball but didn't play on special teams. You're going to have to do that in Pittsburgh, especially as the number three running back. It's not going to see anything offensively until or unless somebody gets hurt. But, I mean, just from a you know what he can do on his side of the ball standpoint with the number three. Because, listen, and, and I made mention of this before, yes, the number three running back in Pittsburgh currently has no role offensively. But all it's going to take is one injury to Najee or Warren, which is likely to happen over the course of a 17-game, 18-week season for that number three running back to probably have some important role offensively to see some sort of time there. So given how dedicated Pittsburgh is to their run game this year, they better make sure they have something at number three because you know Harris goes down, Warren goes down. You're going to need more than one guy in that backfield. Yeah, I agree. So uh, I don't know how many people had uh, us talking about Master Teague for uh, 12 minutes on 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 the Monday podcast here, but uh, here we are. But I, I think it's worth at least you know, we won't mention them probably many more times throughout until we get into training camp and all. But uh, it is worth you know, I've, I've I think he's a guy just to put in the back of your mind to think about a guy that could be on the 53 man roster to come out of this uh, uh, rookie minicamp. Sure, but I think even panning out, I think that number three running back spot is going to be more important because if, if this was, you know, if you had Big Ben on your team and he was in your prime and you had to change gears, you know, A, you would not be a run first offense to start. And, and if you had to ask him to throw 40 times a game, you can do that. And they've done that and you could you could win that way with with Kenny Pickett. That's not your model. That's not how you want to operate. So if you have some running back injuries, you still want to stay committed and strong and have that run focused, run first approach and so you better find some guys that you know can step up and that happened briefly last year in that Colts game when Snell stepped up when McFarland stepped up but if there's a longer term thing I, I would not hate if this team added a veteran because I still feel like their depth there and running back is kind of poor because McFarland's not going to be that guy the other guys the future contract guys probably won't be that guy it's Teague and it kind of feels like Teague is the only real option right now right 
I, I would agree. All right. Uh, speaking of offense and, 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 you know, uh, surrounding Kenny Pickett with, you know, pro- proper personnel, you wrote about, uh, something that you're looking forward to that, uh, kind of gets me excited reading this as well too. Uh, big empty. Yeah. Talk about cold showers. I need one after writing this article. Um, and I mentioned this a little bit, I think on Friday show and kind of expanding my thoughts for the article Monday on the site, it's sticky at the top of the page, but you know, the idea of come out in heavy personnel, your 13 personnel, let's say it's Najee, Pat Fryermuth, Darnell Washington, and Connor Hayward, and spread the field and go empty and just pick apart matchups. That's going to keep defenses in their in their base defense and allow you to you know have some real weapons on the outside. Because in past years, when Pittsburgh would occasionally try this, you know, it does not work well in the passing game when Derek Watt and Zach Gentry are flexed out. And, and, the, and the stats prove that I had Tom Mead send over empty stats last year. I believe this is at, at a big personnel and they were, uh, had a quarterback rating of 49.3 in those empty uh, packages. And, and it just did not, or empty formations, I should say. So it just was not effective last year, but you, now you have real weapons in Washington. And of course, Fryermuth, Harris can catch and Connor Hayward's a real asset in the passing game. So this is not a thing you do all the time, but it's a changeup. It's a, it's a mix up. It's going to be where well, you get five yards on first and 10, you get six yards on second and four to, to move the sticks. I think this can be a really big weapon for Pittsburgh and, you know, a time where this was always and has always been used against the Steelers and they've always kind of struggled with it, but now you can kind of flip that script on, on opposing teams. And look, uh, the, 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 the people that you named off in that, in that, in that grouping as well, too, if you need to, you could collapse that down. Oh yeah. You can mix and match. I mean, you got, you can come out heavy in one play and then uh, spread them out the next play. Right. And, you know, basically, you know, work off of uh, what the what the defense puts out there on the other side. So th- they really need to Matt Canada. One, one of the several things that he needs to do uh, this year is become uh, more uh, formationally and personnel package challenging for opposing defenses. Yeah, and there should be greater flexibility to do that this year because there is more talent, there is more weapons, and and you can run eleven with Johnson and Pickens and Robinson. You can go heavier. I mean, you can really mix and match things well. You know what Calvin Austin can bring in terms of the different motions and the wrinkles you can use with him. Um, this is again, it's not going to be a high powered thirty five point a game type offense, but it certainly has all the pieces in place to be far better than it has been the last several seasons. Yeah. At least move the chains. Right. And, and, uh, and hopefully obviously, you know, you can create some explosive play more. Uh, you need to, and we got a great post coming up uh, about uh, from, from Clayton today on explosive plays and differentials and all like that. Some great charts to go along with it. So make sure if you're listening, uh, you get by the site later on, later on today to check out that post there. But uh, uh, yeah, look, you, you don't have to twist my, my arm. And I, I think, you know, kind of what we're hearing so far is that, you know, we're, we're going to see more, uh, you know, heavier packages this year. Yeah. I mean, obviously the way they're building this, this thing is to run first and, you know, pose our will is the phrase that Andy Weidel used, but, and, and again, obviously, cause when you cook, cause defenses respond to what the personnel is. So when they see 13 personnel, one running back, three tight ends come out on the field, they're going to be in their base defense. Defenses have to be in their base defense when you have big Darnell Washington coming out there. And so you're going to put linebackers on him. You're going to walk these guys out. You're going to put run defenders, run down guys 
in space where they're far less comfortable. And that's going to, you know, if you want to play zone coverage against that, you're going to pick apart zone. You want to play man. Pittsburgh has the weapons and athleticism in Frymouth and Harris and Hayward and Washington. And you still have a receiver out there too. You're going to have at least one receiver in 13 personnel um, to be able to win those matchups too. So I think it's a real effective formation that Pittsburgh can use. And you can go tempo, you can go heavy and collapse it down and then go empty the next play and mix and match. That's what the Browns have done for years against Pittsburgh. And it's always worked well against them. Pittsburgh now has the weapons and the personnel to be able to do that to opposing teams. All right. Good post. Got me excited this morning. All right, Dave, anything else? It's a pretty quiet Monday. I'm wrapping up rookie minicamp. I know there's a bunch of signings occurring around the league right now. Um, I imagine Pittsburgh will probably join that soon. So I I'm guessing eight seconds after the podcast mm. ends, they'll sign uh, their, their final four spots. I, I know Monty uh, Pottenbaum uh, talked to the media, but they haven't released it. Uh, it's all mullet one, related. Yeah. Yeah. That's that, probably just all mullet questions, but uh, was, was, I was kind of looking forward to hearing more from him and maybe we will. And maybe there were some actual football questions in there as well, too. But uh, he is a guy that a lot. Yeah, he's he's one of the undrafted guys. And I, I, I really can't wait to see uh, and hopefully he sticks around. But uh, once once preseason gets underway, that guy just uh, uh, looks looks and you, know, you look at his tape and uh, kind of his mentality, obviously the, the, the look with the, he, he just comes off like he would be and obviously out of Iowa, you know, uh, quintessential kind of fullback guy. Yeah. So, I mean, he's an old school lead blocker and he can play on special teams. So I think he'll, he'll at least be fun to watch. Obviously the, the path to, to stick on the 53 will be tough, but if this team wants to be heavy, they may want to carry a fullback on the practice squad just in case somebody goes down. So, you know, there's still a path for him, even if it's not necessarily going to be, you know, making the team for week one. All right. I don't think we have uh, too much more to talk about. We're coming out of this rookie mini camp and OTAs or what a week from tomorrow. Yeah, I think the 23rd is the first day of OTAs. All right. And we obviously have a uh, – we can supplement this a little bit because we'll have a uh, 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 YouTube live stream question and answer session later on tonight. There, So I guess with that, we, we, we can get to a few uh, reader emails, huh? Ready for summer and want an enjoyable day trip? Head to Fauquier County, Virginia, just off I-66, nestled in the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains. Fauquier County has over 25 local wineries, breweries, hiking trails, and Rappahannock River access. Check out visitfauquier.com for details. Fauquier County, find what you love. Right, let's get to some emails and close out today's show. All right, uh, let's start here with uh, Cody Harris from... Friday here it says longtime listener and I'm pleased to announce I'm lucky enough to be headed to my first ever Steelers game season opener against the 49ers. I'm bringing my buddy who's a diehard Niners fan. So he's hoping to ruin his trip with a Steelers win. He says, my question is uh, what are the absolute must have restaurants eat at things to do while I'm here? He says he's never been to Pittsburgh before. Uh, he's from scorching heat of Arizona, uh, staying, he'll be staying right at the stadium at the, uh, landing hotel casino for five days. Just figured he'd ask. So what are, uh, what are some of the things he, he's got to get to the high. We went to the Heinz, uh, center, right? Yeah, the Heinz History Museum right. is a uh, is really cool. Ride the incline for sure. Go up there to Mount Washington. Um, yeah, in terms of the best places to eat, I'm probably not not the 
most well versed. Honestly, I don't get down to Pittsburgh to to eat. You gotta go. You gotta go take in Primanti Brothers, though, right? Yeah, I mean that's the classic for sure. So you know that's kind of the the free space on the Pittsburgh visit bingo card. But yeah, definitely the incline, definitely about Washington. Um, I don't know, just just walk around some. I mean, it's a it's a easily walkable town. It's it, if the weather's gonna be good, then it's fun to get out and about. So yeah, I think you'll have a good time. Uh, probably go 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 see PNC and maybe watch a Pirates game right around that time. Yeah, what what day did he say that he was uh, well, he's good, the 49ers uh, game? So base, baseball is still going on in early September, yeah. right? Right. Although I guess Pirates are going to be on the road that time around, right? Uh, because that's why Pittsburgh's getting the home game this year. So, but depending on how long he stays, maybe. Right. Right. If he stays, because don't they come back on that Monday or something like that? Yeah, I'm not. Maybe I'd, I'd have to go back okay. and check the schedule. I'm not not quite sure. Well, we're not great tour guides, Cody, but uh, uh, sorry about it. I'm, I'm obviously not from there. I've only been there twice. Uh, and Alex, uh, you know, uh, Alex doesn't get get out much either. <laughs> I've only been there twice, dude. No, no. But uh, yeah, the incline for sure is always, you, you have a good time with that. You know, hook up uh, Cody, uh, DM uh, David O uh, at Sub Burger uh, on, 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 on Twitter. Uh, David can line up. David would be the perfect uh, guy to lay out an itinerary for you there. Mm -hmm, For sure. Uh, Let's see here. I think maybe we hit. uh, No, maybe we didn't. Joseph Thomas writes in. Hi, David. Can you break down why the slot corner position? I I think we kind of hit on this. Maybe not this specific email. Uh, why the slot position requires a different skill set other than outside corner. He says, why wouldn't or why couldn't a Wallace or a, or a Peterson play that role? Uh, what traits are they missing? He says, regarding a slot receiver, can we use our tight end depth to help fill this need? He says, Hayward and Muth. He says, while exciting, not very useful blocking, why not put them in the slot more uh, than we did last year? He says, Muth is famous for not missing balls in the end zone, and Hayward is versatile with soft hands. Uh, I don't know. This came in seven oh six Friday. I think we had answered the slot corner part. I remember that. I don't know. I don't remember the tight end part. But yeah, I mean, they can move these guys around. They're gonna they're gonna mix and match and flex some of these guys out. So at least we hope hope that well. Yeah, look, I mean, yeah, you you can move 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 around most definitely, uh, and and detach him and and create it create some uh, mismatches there. And you know, obviously, we're we're all excited to see what. uh, Calvin Austin, the third can bring, uh, uh, maybe as a slot player. And, you know, you got Allen Robinson, the third, who's probably going to see a lot of time in the slot. And, you know, you talk about Connor Hayward in here as well, too. Uh, if there's one thing that we, 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 we learned about Connor Hayward coming out of his rookie season is he can, he can add value to you, uh, in, uh, in the passing game. And uh, he's got great hands. Obviously, he's a little bit undersized, but uh, I think he makes up for it with his hands and his uh, catch radius. Yeah, um, I, I, none of those guys are going to be 100 percent, you know, snap types, Robinson, Austin, you know, Connor Hayward. And so they're going to divvy up that that chunk of snaps there between all those guys. And that's where you mix up personnel and, and formations and. You know, you have your bigger packages, you have your smaller packages, you got a big slot in Robinson, you got a small slot in Austin, you have kind of an H back, Swiss Army knife in Hayward. There's a lot of different, you know, traits and skill sets those guys have that are unique to each guy that you can really, you know, play that that chess game, that matchup game with. And so that's the attractive part where none of those guys are gonna dominate and have elite numbers or be on the field for 
60 snaps a game, but if you're getting 20 snaps for one, 15 snaps for the other, 11 for the third guy, and change that week to week based on game plans, that's where you're going to be successful in multiple as an offense. And for this offense, it's not going to be necessarily prolific in terms of having uber, uber talent. Um, you better be multiple and better be able to change things up and win schematically. And of course, Canada's taken a lot of heat for that, but that's going to be the the mission for him this year because there are enough weapons, there are enough pieces in place for this offense to at least be average across the board and a points per game standpoint, hopefully better than that. And you have a lot of different guys that you can win with. All right. Uh, were we going to do a uh, round table maybe on Friday with, with, with some more of these guys? Yeah, I think that's kind of loosely the plan. So I'm not 100% sure how that's going to look, but I, we were going to do at least one more draft round table with Jonathan and Josh and some of the other guys as well. All right. Uh, why don't we do this? Because it is kind of slowing down uh, with the news cycle. Uh, why don't we, you know, and th- this time of year, we usually for a couple of weeks go to go to two shows a week. I don't want to say that's definitely going to happen right now. But when it comes to Wednesday, potentially in a in, in a show, uh, we're going to play that by ear. Obviously, we, if we have a lot to talk about and if the email machine fills up, maybe we'll have another shorter type show. Uh, but uh, let's kind of leave that to be determined. We'll definitely have a Friday show uh, at, at this point, and that may or may not include another roundtable session there. So I just want to kind of give a kind of heads up to everybody because, you know, the new, you know, right now we, we've got almost, a, uh, I think, a full week until uh, OTAs get underway. And I don't think there's going to be a ton happening with the team here over the course this next week. So we will leave uh, Wednesday to be determined when it comes to, to a show. We'll definitely have a Friday show. And once again, that may or may not include a roundtable. And then. Uh, tonight, uh, if, if you're looking for something to listen to or participate in, uh, Alex and I will be on uh, YouTube, what, 7 Eastern, right? Yep, 7 p.m. to late. Dave and I answering your Steelers questions. All right, uh, let's leave it at that then. So uh, in the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at Steelers Depot. Follow Alex on Twitter at Alex underscore Kazora. Follow the show at Terrible Podcast. Email the show, theterriblepodcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do and want to donate to the cause, SteelersDepot.com. Hit the donate button up right navigational bar. Uh, also, if you like an ad-free version of SteelersDepot.com, hit the uh, ad-free button up right navigational bar that way as well too. So uh, in the meantime, to be determined, As always, thanks for listening to The Terrible Podcast with Dave and Alex. Go on, give us a smile. Go on, you know you want to. Well, if it's that bad, maybe you need a bit of help from G4 by Golpa. G4 by Golpa can give you brand new permanent teeth in just 24 hours. They'll give you a new smile that looks, feels, and functions just like natural teeth. Make your appointment today at yourteeth.com. That's yourteeth.com and save yourself $1,000 just by mentioning this podcast. G4 by Golpa. Powered by technology, inspired by patience.